afternoon, my friends. Happy Wednesday. The doctor is in the house. Welcome back to another episode of To Your Health with Dr. G on this great day. I tell you what, we've been blasting it all over social media. Your eyeballs are important. Again, seeing your eyes, seeing well, part of this clarity, not only in life, but really in reality. And so the eye puns are going to keep going throughout this show, and I cannot, welcome, cannot wait to talk to you more about it. So we're here today. Join us here live. You're here. We're here at Intellectual Radio Studios. We're watching this live on Facebook. Welcome back to the show, everybody. To your health with Dr. G. My name is Dr. Mark Gomez. I'm a board-certified internal medicine physician practicing out of Edward Hospital. I'm also a member of the American uh, College of Lifestyle Medicine, where we really talk about the essence of setting a foundation. We've been talking about this since the Season 3 kickoff last week. We want you to be successful in what you do, everything that you do. Realize that your lifestyle choices, the things you do every day, matter more than most of us realize. So we have to make sure that our choices that we make, our lifestyle choices that really talk about the importance of what we're doing, value. Our lifestyle choices have to be our default choices. I mean, you're going to keep hearing me saying that from time, time and time again. Invest in yourself. We want you to do well with everything, with your family, your health, everything you got going forward. Your health foundation will, will lead you to continue success in your life. So welcome back to another episode. Today, we are breaking down the eyes. I love it. I've been wanting to do this show about eyes for a long time, and so I'm glad that, you know, kind of everything came together. My experts today are fierce as usual, and we're going to tell you about, this, about the seriousness of everything that's going on with eyes. And so this month, actually, in the month of January, we're about to end, end it, but it's National Glaucoma Awareness Month. So we're going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about really setting the foundation for eyes. The reality is that many, many people in this country have not seen their eye care doctor in a long time. The reality of the fact, the fact is, that, uh, is that in the next 30 years, we're gonna see a doubling of visual disorders. Things that can be highly prevented if you're doing the right things in your lifestyle. But the bottom line is invest in your health, invest in you, and the opportunities are gonna be amazing. So again, welcome back. You're joining us live here. Check out my website, www.drmarkgomez.com. Hey, I tell you what, we're all about building trust and delivering truth. I'm wearing my glasses today. I got a pen and paper. As my pastor says, smart people take notes. So I want to make sure that everybody at home is watching us. Make sure you take some notes. At the end of the day, of course, I want you to talk with your physician, your primary care doctor. I say it all the time. It's going to rescue you when you need some help. They will connect you to the right resources. But again, take that time to invest in your health and your wellness, and everything will be great. So today's show, entitled Seeing 2020 in 2020, I've got a great team of experts here to break this down, one of my trusted ophthalmologists and a trusted optometrist, and we're going to set the record straight for you. Again, we're all about building trust and delivering truth. So before we get started on today's topic, I want to read a quick disclaimer that we do every week on To Your Health with Dr. G. The content of To Your Health with Dr. G is for informational and entertainment purposes only, and that the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Further details can be found at www.toyourhealthwithdrg.com. So here we are. Today in January, we're talking eyes. Again, that's the one thing about the human body. There's so many parts of the body that we can talk about, but we have to have this focus on today's theme. The reality is that eye disorders, eye disorders constitute some of the most frequently encountered conditions in clinical practice. And my guests today are going to talk about that in a little more detail. But really, I want you at home to really appreciate that your eye health is part of your general health. You may go see your medical doctor once a year for your physical. You probably go see your dentist twice a year for cleanings and routine checks. 
make it an effort to go see your eye doctor. That's going to be so important. But think about the things. We'll talk about it in just the, the awesomeness of sight and realizing that some of the rates that we're seeing of some eye disorders are only going to double down the road. So I want you guys to meet my guests today. Every week on the show, we talk about our guests. And again, my guests are awesome at what they do. They really care about your health, and they want you to do well. So I want to introduce my first guest. He's sitting here live in studio. Really good friend of mine. We've connected over the last couple of years. He's had a great uh, professional and personal relationship. Uh, and, I, and I value as, as, a, as a trusted friend of mine and your expertise, and I thank you very much for coming on to the show today. So let me introduce everybody. He's a return guest here. He's been on the show before. Dr. Michael Grassi. Let me read you his credentials. Dr. Michael Grassi is a board-certified ophthalmologist and retinal medicine physician. He's founder and owner of Grassi Retinal. Check him out, www.grassiretina.com. Dr. Grassi, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Mark. It's always a, a pleasure to be here, and uh, with uh, you saying returning guest, I feel like I'm back on Saturday Night Live or, or something. <laughs> this is great. Hey, hey, you, you're always the invitation is always open for you, without a doubt. So thank you for thank coming you. on the show again. Let's do this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you did your medical school, where you did your training, and uh, really what does this theme of eye health mean to you today? Well, I'm uh, a local Chicago native and um, went to medical school at Northwestern and uh, then did a, an ophthalmology residency as well as a retina fellowship at the University of Iowa and um, uh, as such uh, focus on retinal diseases and um, try to, to care for, for people and, and manage uh, vision loss from retinal diseases like diabetic retinopathy and age-related macular degeneration. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to get more granular, get to some of the detail, really to help people out to really make sure that they keep their eye health front and center, just like they do their regular medical health and other kind of things. So thank you, Dr. Grassi. I want to introduce you guys to my next guest. He's joining us live on the phone. He's actually my optometrist. Yes, I try to make my connections without a doubt my personal things. I'm so grateful to him. He's taking care of my wife, our children. So I want to introduce everybody. He's on the phone. Let me introduce you guys to Dr. Mark C. Rafferty. He's an optometrist at Eye Encounters. Uh, check him out. It's at HTTPS I-Encounters.com. Dr. Rafferty, thank you for joining us. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. It's Exciting to be a first-time guest on your show. Hey, hey, the first time, and hey, you know, hey, do really well, many more. <laughs> no, you exactly. got this. No, I, I thank you so much, Dr. Uh, Dr. Rafferty, for coming on the show, taking time in your schedule to helping us really to provide a, a narrative, but also opportunity for those that are out there when we're talking about something so important like your eyes. So, Dr. Rafferty, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you do your optometry training, and a few words about today's theme of seeing 2020 in 2020? Well, I grew up uh, in Wheaton, so pretty close by. I um, went to do my training at, it's called Nova Southeastern University. It's in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, and then I grew up next door to an optometrist, and I practiced with him for the first 10 years. So he's kind of how I got my idea into going into optometry. And um, it pretty much just kind of blossomed from there. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Dr. Rafferty. Can't wait to talk more details. So there you guys go. You met our guests today, and really we're trying to set the record straight, set a foundation. We want to create engagement. Do not let this conversation that we're talking about today die down. Again, invest in yourself, invest in your family, and the opportunities can be amazing. That's really the lifestyle narrative. So really we're talking today about stressing the importance of getting an annual eye exam, really to address the common 
eye disorders seen in clinical practice and to really to answer some frequently asked questions. So we're going to talk about some of the most common things we see uh, that we see in our clinical practices. But really what I want to do first and foremost, because there's a lot of people out there that may have not gone to an eye doctor in such a long time. And the reality is that, um, is that really about 61 million adults in the U.S. are at high risk for serious vision loss. But only half of those people have visited their eye doctor in the last 12 months. We have a lot of work to do when it comes to some statistics. So, Dr. Grassi, let me ask you this question. What, what can we do to create more engagement for people out there to, to go see their eye doctors? Well, I want to speak to that theme that, that you've raised already in terms of lifestyle. Um, because this is a, an issue, uh, most of medicine like is like this, but certainly one's eyes and, and vision are this way in terms of an ounce of prevention being worth a pound of cure. And so I like to use the analogy of, of your car. You don't wait till it breaks down and you're on the side of the Eisenhower to say, oh, I need to take it into the shop. No, you go every three months and have the oil changed. And likewise, your vision is the same thing because oftentimes in terms of vision loss, we're talking about neural tissue. Neural tissue, which is no different than your brain or, or spinal cord, there's lots we can do to treat diseases that affect those that that affect the retina, but not always. And so when we talk about medicine in general, prevention always trumps developing a problem and then coming in and having us try to, to grapple with fixing it and repairing it. I, I agree 100%. It's really uh, being proactive and, why, and who doesn't want that mindset versus being reactive, especially when something that could be prevented without a doubt. You know, we're, we're mired in a, in a society where we have a very disease-heavy model and there's not really a model at all for prevention. That's, again, one of the things about lifestyle medicine, which I so feel so so happy and so excited to be a part of this movement, uh, but we need to really do more, but we want to encourage people to do more as well too. Dr. Rafferty, how do we move the needle, knowing that, that we know that uh, still a lot of people aren't out there uh, seeing their eye, eye doctor, how do we get people more engaged from your perspective to, be, to take a proactive approach to their eye health versus a reactive approach? I, I think it's just been the way medicine's been that it's been a reactive model versus the proactive model. Um, I think as more and more people have vision coverage, they tend to be a little more proactive since they don't necessarily have to put money out of their own pocket necessarily to come in and visit us um, versus if they come in a reactive model, it's more covered by a uh, medical insurance versus a vision insurance, which would be the proactive model that they want you to come in every 12 months and get your eyes checked so you can prevent diseases or catch them early so they're easier to treat. Wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Rafferty. One of the things I find out a lot that comes to, comes to mind is certainly when I see somebody for a physical, and again, I'll throw my plug in there, it's important to get your annual physical with your primary care physician. Uh, the reality is, though, is when I ask those questions, hey, have you been having any visual issues, people will say, sometimes they'll say no. Sometimes they'll say yes, sometimes they'll say, and I say, I challenge them and say, when was the last time you had your eyes checked? And they go, well, I'll get my eyes checked when I have some issues. And I kind of say, wait a minute, but you're here trying to take prevention right now for your physical, but we don't have that same mindset. You want to get your labs and all that stuff, EKGs, we don't want to have that same mindset about your eye health. And so sometimes it's a little bit of a hard thing, and I have to kind of really nurture people and say, this is the reason why we want you to go see your eye care doctor. Even though you feel like you have normal exam, how do you not know that something else isn't brewing 
maybe under the radar detection, and then all of a sudden you have a symptom. So let me ask this question, Dr. Grassi, how do you kind of uh, uh, overcome that? You know, you might see, certainly you see patients that'll say, oh, this has been going on for a long time, you almost kind of want in your back of your mind by the time they come in and see you, you're kind of scratch your head and say, oh man, I wish you would have maybe come in and see me for earlier, I wish you would have come in and seen Dr. Rafferty earlier. So th this is, uh, I think, the, the key fundamental point that you're making, which is, one, and I, I think it's a, a take-home message from uh, today's session, is that vision loss is preventable. And routine care and, and checkups allow us to prevent the primary causes of vision loss in, in this country. What are the, the things that people lose vision from in this country that are potentially treatable, avoidable, and we can uh, minimize any vision loss that occurs? Glaucoma age-related macular degeneration, and diabetic retinopathy. All of those with routine uh, care, uh, vision loss, can be prevented in those conditions. And so the bottom line is, for instance, one, if you have diabetes, you should annual eye exam, period, dilated exam where someone is checking the retina every single year because the symptoms from diabetes don't begin until the end-stage manifestations. And so, uh, again, you can have very severe changes from diabetes and diabetic retinopathy and have 20-20 vision and be completely asymptomatic before you fall off the, the cliff. And so, if you have diabetes, you should have an annual dilated exam. Likewise, if you're over the age of 65, you should have an annual dilated eye exam because that's after the age of 65 when one can develop cataracts, which again are very treatable, glaucoma, again, which is very treatable, and age-related macular degeneration, which can be very treatable. It's interesting when you use the word, uh, sometimes you know, people can be 20-20, feel well, but then all of a sudden they can fall off the cliff, so to speak. Um, do you see it as a, as a very precipitous fall? I mean, is it pretty drastic from one day to the next, or is it more of a gradual fall? And I'll ask that question, Dr. Rafferty, you can chime in after Dr. Grassi see, uh, responds. It depends on the circumstances and the condition, but it can be precipitous. It can be, Doc, I was completely fine yesterday, and today I can't see. And so it, it can be very dramatic. And the real unfortunate thing from my perspective is that so much of it, if not almost all of it, is preventable. Yeah, gotcha. Going back to prevention. Dr. Rafferty, your, your take on that one, when you might see somebody where they might be good and all of a sudden precipitously or have a really big fall off? Yeah, I, I tend to see that, um, especially with like glaucoma type changes, because typically a patient's not going to notice a glaucoma change until it's, it's way too late where intervention's going to help, but it's not going to be able to fix what's already been damaged. And same way with like diabetic retinopathy, you know, I'll see the patients, they'll come in and they can only see like the big E on the uh, chart. And if they would have come in, you know, six months, a year ago, I could have got them to Dr. Grassi and he could have done some intervention into the problem and probably saved a lot of their vision versus, you know, they come in when it's, it's just too late for us to really, we can help, but we just can't help as well as we could have if they would have came in much earlier. Wonderful, thank you. And, I, and I'm going to reiterate, reiterate the, what, what our experts are saying. Um, the reality is this, early detection and timely treatment of eye conditions uh, such as diabetic eye disease, retinopathy, has been found to be efficacious and cost-effective. So we want to stress that without a doubt. So Dr. Rafferty, let me ask you this. There, again, there might be people that, that are new to the show, of course, today, but new to actually working with an eye 
professional uh, optometrist or ophthalmologist. Uh, take us through a little bit. You know, say somebody's like, okay, they step into your office. They haven't had an eye exam since they were in high school. And high school was 30, 40 years ago. What, are the, what, what should they expect if they come into the office? Um, th there's about, there's kind of four sections to an eye exam. The first part of it is going to be with my staff, and they're going to do pre-testing where they'll check the color vision of the eyes. They'll check visual fields, which is like your peripheral vision. They'll do imaging of the front of the eye of the retina. And then um, they'll also check the pressures, and they do three-dimensional vision. And then they'll bring them back to my office where we'll check the actual vision, the acuities. We'll do neurological testing to make sure that everything's connected and wired and working right. Um, then kind of the third section is when we check the actual vision, which is where we ask which one's better, one or two. And then yes. the last part is actually checking the health of the overall of the eye. So we'll check the anterior front part of the eye, and then we'll check the retina and make sure there's no pathology or retinal holes or whatnot going on in the back of the eye. The whole eye exam, at least at my office, takes about 45 minutes to complete. Okay, well, wonderful. Thank you for describing that. And it's actually very, as, as you guys are out there listening to us, it's actually a very comprehensive exam, and that's what you want to do as we're talking about at the beginning of the show, investing in your health. You know, uh, even when people come in and see me, they know I, I always run behind schedule, but that's how it is because there's so much to do. I want to be as thorough as possible with my patients and my clinical practice. But And so, so, do, so, so when you're investing in your health, you don't want your doctor to rush through things. Even though something might feel like you're rushed, but, but maybe that's just my mindset on how I practice, is I want to be as thorough as possible. So I love how, Dr. Rafferty, you're talking about that. This is a thorough process. It's not a, like, in and out in five minutes. We want to take you through the steps. We want to make sure that we reassure you. And probably the same thing we do in your practice, too, Dr. Dr. Grassi. Uh, you know, you walk people through. You guide them through. You tell them what's happening. You're up front. And hopefully we can find some, arrive at some solutions to whatever element is going on. And I think the, the take-home message is when you're having an examination of your eyes for your ocular health, you want it to be a dilated examination because that allows the, the doctor to look front to back at all the structures of the eye and make sure they're healthy. Excellent. Thank you. So let's talk about some of the common things that, that, that people run into. We already, You guys have already heard us drop a couple words, glaucoma, uh, uh, diabetic retinopathy. Uh, age-related macular degeneration. You know, these are kind of some big words for people out there that may not necessarily know what these conditions are. So let's break down some things. Let's start out with just kind of just general refractive errors. And people might hear that word refractive error. So I want Dr. Rafferty, why don't you take us through a little bit of like what are considered refractive error, errors in kind of layman's terms? The, the first one um, is the most common one. It'd be nearsightedness. And that's where most kids will start to wear glasses when they're younger for. Um, it's when they can't see objects far away, and basically what's happening is the, the lens is focusing the um, image in front of the retina, so by the time it gets to the, the image is seen by the retina, it's just pretty fuzzy. The uh, second part, our one, is um, farsightedness, and it's basically the exact opposite of nearsightedness. The, the lens is um, focusing the light behind the retina, so it tends to make more near objects blurry. And then the one that most people don't understand that much about, it's astigmatism. And basically astigmatism is when the cornea, which is the kind of clear dust cap on the front of the eye over the colored part, it's basically kind of warped. And when the light comes through, it focuses kind of 
unequally across the back of the eye. And when that happens, it causes a, a blur for both distant and near objects. And then, of course, after you're 40, there's presbyopia, which is just the lens of the eye can't focus up close anymore. And most people need reading glasses or reading help sometime in their early to mid-40s. Wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Rafferty. And from my internal medicine perspective, because I'm not an eye doctor, obviously, I always tell people if they have any visual issues, and we'll do a lot of screening in our practice because we have an eye chart, but I always say, listen, when you talk about refractive errors, a lot of them can be certainly, number one, go see your eye doctor and get seen, but like literally, you know, these, a lot of these can be, be corrected by um, eyeglasses, contact lenses, uh, and even in some cases, uh, surgery. So, so, so I always tell people, these things are treatable, but you have to show up. Like with anything in health, uh, and a lot of my patients like, like to hear me talk about it a lot, is success starts with showing up. You know, when you make that investment in yourself and what you want to do with your health and then trans transcend that into life, you know, I think, I think when it comes to vision, yes, I mean, we, we don't want to take anything for granted. I don't think a lot of us take anything for granted. We want to see, we want to interact with our family, our loved ones, and just the, just the, the, the blessing uh, of sight is, is an amazing thing that, that, that a lot of us, we need to create more awareness about that because a lot of these things can be prevented. We were talking about the end of the thing, you know, diabetes and glaucoma, there's so many things that can be done uh, that, won't just, that won't jeopardize the important things you've got going on in your life with the relationships. Mark Please. Rafferty, um, give, give me a yeah. sense of how much myopia you saw at the beginning of your career compared to how much you deal with now. I think we should talk a little yeah. bit specifically about myopia. Please. Myopia is, I mean, it's just expanding incredibly, especially in like Asian countries. They expect almost 100% of myopia or nearsightedness within probably the next 30 to 50 years over there. Um, it's definitely, we're seeing a lot more, and, you know, it, they haven't attributed to computer use yet, but you're probably going to find that's the main attribution to it. Um, and they're finding that myopia is somewhat caused by, it, it has to do with the blur on the periphery, since the eye is kind of a curved surface, when you focus light on the back of it, it, it it's blurred off to the side, and they're thinking that may have some to do with um, what's causing myopia and why it's getting worse and worse. Wow. So epidemic yeah. levels of, of myopia that, that we're seeing... Yeah. And that can cause, that, that in some cases are not completely correctable with glasses or, or contact lenses, and increasing in our, our children. And again, the, there are many uh, proposed reasons for this, iPads and iPhones and all the near work we do, but also well, the interesting thing that, that's come out, and, and again, mechanistically, that's, this is not completely figured out yet, but just that our kids aren't playing outside as much as they used to. And you talk about lifestyle exactly. again, being outside, having your kids go outside and play, spend time outside in sunlight every day is very important and decreases the risk of nearsightedness. Wow, that's interesting. You know, you think about when you're growing Definitely. up and you're playing and, you know, you're looking all over, you're looking in distance, right. you're not just looking close up all stuff, right? right? Yeah, so I can see that kind of going on. And so uh, it's interesting, in the lifestyle medicine uh, realm, uh, technology, we can embrace it, but uh, a lot of lifestyle medicine experts will say technology has led to more and more potential disease burden. So very interesting with the use of technology and seeing that affect the eye health. Wow. Mm -hmm. See, I learn something every day. Please go ahead, Dr. Rafferty. It goes back, There's it's called like the 20-20-20 rule. So when you're on the computer every 20 minutes, 
look 20 feet away for 20 seconds. And it, it's the same thing as basically going outside. You just need to give your eyes a break from that constant near focus that you're always doing when you're on the computer. Wonderful. Well, when I'm doing charts every day, I'm definitely not following that rule, but I learned some today, so I'll make sure I do that. <laughs> Let's talk about the next common eye problem. Um, I want to talk about this age-related macular degeneration. Dr. Grassi, can you break that down for us a little bit? What does that mean in layman's terms uh, to patients out there that are listening to us? So let's uh, discuss each of the words in that uh, name, age-related macular degeneration. So let's start with uh, macula, macular. The macula is the center of your retina. So if you think of your eye like a camera, the retina would be like the film in the camera. The macula is the center of the retina. It serves your fine vision that you use for reading and driving. So that's where the macular comes from. Age-related means that this is a condition we see in, in individuals over the age of 65 or, or 70. Now, very commonly in, in people that age, almost one in seven individuals over the age of 65 or 70 may have some form of changes in the retina that uh, an eye doctor would call something in the spectrum of age-related macular degeneration. Degeneration is a medical term for what I think about would be a, a driveway or parking lot that hasn't been paved or surfaced in a while, might have some cracks and weak areas. And so likewise, the, the retina can develop these degenerative changes. Now, the vast majority of people with age-related macular degeneration do really well with it in terms of their vision, uh, but about 10% can have severe, dramatic vision loss to, to the level of, of legal blindness. In particular, again, going back to our analogy of cracks in the driveway, when weeds grow in between those cracks. In the eye, those are new blood vessels that sense an injury and leak fluid, blood, and develop scar tissue. So I want to make one, along the lifestyle theme, yes. point about age-related macular degeneration. So with the aging of the population, there was an anticipated explosion of age-related macular degeneration cases or people developing it with the aging of the baby boomers. We haven't seen that. Why is that? So when we've gone back and compared them to their parents, right, the World War II generation, the silent generation, mm -hmm. it turns out as a, as a group, baby boomers are much healthier, right? In particular, when one looks at the risk factors for age-related macular degeneration. Number one, smoking, gotcha. right? Baby boomers have far smaller, lower frequency of smoking compared to the World War II generation. And then their diet right? A high cholesterol diet is a risk factor for that. And because baby boomers exercise, watch their diet, don't smoke, we're seeing far less of this condition than was predicted. And again, it, it speaks to this thing we said at the outset, lifestyle, an ounce of prevention being worth a, a pound of cure, that people have, have essentially decreased, avoided this very common cause of vision loss through good living. Wonderful. Well, thanks for breaking that down. You know, from a from an internal medicine standpoint, I always say, you know, at first I love reading the reports. I mean, I love just trying to learn every day. I truly believe in lifelong learning, and we have to do that. So I value what both both um, you and Dr. Raff Dr. Raffrey are doing to help continue my education too. But uh, again, we're talking about the importance of lifestyle. That was a great connection. Make sure that lifestyle can lead to these things. If we're not optimizing our lifestyle, then we're setting ourselves up for potential challenges in the future. Uh, Dr. Rafferty, why don't you break down cataracts? We know that 
it seems like everybody's got them. We know that the numbers, the statistics are only going to get worse with the number of cataracts in this country. Uh, can you break down cataracts simply for people out there? What's a cataract and so, who's at risk? So pretty much every patient I see over 65 has some sort of cataract developing, unless, of course, they've already had cataract surgery. Um, pretty much what it is is the lens in the eye, which is the part of the eye that focuses the light onto the retina, is gets cloudy with time. And as it gets cloudy, it will tend, when the light goes through, it scatters the light. And that's what causes, like, the night glare and haloing that a lot of people experience around headlights. It also decreases the quality of, of your overall vision. Um, cataract surgery at this point is it's a pretty easy surgery for the patient. It, it takes about 10 minutes, and there's a plethora of lens options available. Like you can get multifocal lenses. It can correct astigmatism. Um, they actually have yellow lenses that are available um, that decrease some of the blue light coming into the eyes. And from a patient standpoint, it, it's, it's really a, a piece of cake treatment for it. Um, it's just done with usually local anesthetic, and it, it, again, it, you, you see really good, very little pain associated with it, and the outcomes are incredible. It's the, actually the second most performed surgery in the United States at this point, and I believe it's around 5 million cases a year performed. Wow, wonderful. Thanks for breaking that down. Again, talking about the importance, again, of seeing your eye doctor uh, and going from there. And then let's lastly break down this uh, diabetic retinopathy. I'll have Dr. Grassi break it down, then we'll get into the frequently asked questions. Dr. Grassi, you know, we, we've already talked a little bit about diabetic retinopathy. Can you just kind of break that down in simple terms, and what does that mean? So... Uh, We've talked about the, the retina being, if you think of your eye like a camera, being the film part of the camera. Diabetes uh, affects the, the retina by decreasing, limiting the amount of oxygen and nutrients that, that reach the, the retina. And the, the retina is like any other tissue in your body. It needs oxygen and nutrients to, to function. In fact, it leads lots of oxygen and nutrients to function because creating vision, the act of converting what we see into chemical and electrical signals is very demanding. And so diabetes limits the amount of oxygen and nutrients reaching this tissue that needs a, a lot of, of oxygen. And so the, the retina sends out an SOS signal. And I think of it sort of like uh, if there was a ship out at sea that was stranded, they would send out an SOS signal. And the body responds to that SOS signal but unfortunately, the body's response to that SOS signal often causes more problems than it fixes. And those problems lead to vision loss, which in some cases uh, is not reversible. And so the best time for us to, to intervene is before um, any vision loss develops. Wonderful. I always tell my patients, and I have my screen, I have a, you've been in my office, uh, Dr. Grassi, and I have this, uh, this uh, chart up on the wall, and it says, like, don't let diabetes cloud your vision. There's a picture of two boys uh, holding balls uh, playing in their, out in their yard, but then talk about kind of what does it look like when you have normal vision, and what does it look like with diabetic retinopathy. And from what I remember you telling me before, last time we were on the show, you were telling me that people... Uh, can have diabetic eye disease, diabetic retinopathy, before they actually have the visual impairments. Is that correct? Right, and, and that's a, a really key point, is that you can have very severe manifestations of diabetic retinopathy and have 20-20 vision and be completely asymptomatic until you don't. Gotcha. And so yeah. the, the key is, in the spectrum of the disease, 
um, we're able to intervene much earlier to keep one's vision good, but that requires maintenance and routine checkups as we were talking about, as opposed to waiting for the car to break down and then bringing it into the mechanic. Wonderful. Well, thank you for breaking that down, guys. So both of you. So we're going to do something now. We're going to do something called Frequently Asked Questions. And I, I pull this out every now and then on Two Year Old with Dr. G. And by the way, you're checking us out here. We're live on Facebook. We're live at Intellectual Radio Studios. Um, but I do it on, on my show every now and then. I do like a Frequently Asked Questions because I always get asked questions as a primary care doctor being on the front lines of things. And uh, some of the questions I can answer, some of them I have to uh, kind of defer to my expert colleagues um, to really get more insight. But I always try my best when people come and see me in my office to give them some questions. So here we go, I've compiled a list of frequently asked questions and uh, we'll kind of do it, is it, a, is it true that? And so I'll start with Dr. Rafferty, why don't we do this one? This will be kind of fun, I like this. It's like a mailbag, a grab bag of questions. Here we go, Dr. Rafferty, is it true, okay. is it true that Wearing the wrong eyeglasses will hurt your eyes? It is not true. Um, wearing the wrong eyeglasses, all glasses do is redirect light. They don't alter physiology of the eye in any way, shape, or form. So all you're going to do is you're going to see fuzzy, and it will probably give you a headache. But other than that, once you take them off, the headache will go away, and the eyes will just return to the way they were before you put them on. And you know, it's funny, I think about um, my, my, uh, my dad had glasses growing up, and I'd actually sometimes sneak into his room, and uh, he's probably listening to the show right now, and I would actually put on his glasses, and you go, whoa, and then you just take them off. So it's just kind of funny. But yeah, that headache kind of thing is so funny. Just remind me of a story. All yeah. Right, here we go, Dr. Grassi, here we go. Is it true that reading in dim light can cause eye fatigue, but it will not hurt your eyes? That is true. So what reading in dim light can do, though, is um, slowly make you nearsighted. And so um, lots of reading, lots of near work can, can increase your myopia, can make you more nearsighted. And so this is something I learned firsthand uh, in medical school. So anyone who knows me knows that I'm sort of a very routine person. I always sat in the same seat in the lecture hall in medical school. About halfway through the year, all the slides were blurry. Yep. <laughs> and I looked at the person next to me and I said, why doesn't anybody focus their slides anymore? She's like, the slides are perfectly fine. And I had shifted a little bit because of all the reading. By the way, I don't know, funny story. I'm kind of chuckling a little bit because I, I was that same person in medical school at exactly. Loyola. I uh, sat in the same row. I mean, I sat in the front row, but it's like the second row because nobody really wanted to sit in the front, front row. <laughs> uh, but it was a, kind of an auditorium and I sat there and when it's like somebody was in my seat, I was like, I, I was like, dude, get out of my seat. <laughs> but I, I totally feel you on that one. You're like, okay, maybe uh, for the next few weeks, I need to sit back a little bit in the rows to let my eyes relax. I totally feel you on that story. So true. All right, that was great. Here you go, Dr. Rafferty. Is it true that children do not need an eye exam until kindergarten age? Um, we recommend getting your kids' first eye exam somewhere between six months and one year because if they have a lazy eye, which is amblyopia, where basically what that is is one eye has a very different prescription than the other eye. If you don't treat that early, you can have permanent vision loss from it. And what happens is the brain can focus down farsighted or hyperopic prescriptions by using your ability to read, and it'll focus down until it gets the first eye in focus. And once it gets that eye in focus, it will just ignore the blurry eye if the other eye is out of focus. And the brain will lose its kind of plasticity to be able to build neurons to, to see out of that eye. So we recommend bringing kids in very, very early, especially if there's a family history. Wonderful. Thank you. Here we go. Dr. Grassi, is it true that eating carrots will improve your vision? 
False. <laughs> Please explain. So, uh, uh, vitamin A is very important to um, uh, the process by which the cells in your retina create vision, but uh, in this country, uh, it's very unusual to have a vitamin A deficiency. We see it occasionally uh, in the setting of malabsorption, right? So some of these weight loss uh, techniques, the banding and things can create malabsorption, or sometimes you can have a disease that creates malabsorption. Uh, but outside of that, because all of our foods are so fortified with, with vitamins, um, that is that is not the case, fortunately. Excellent. And I would still say, eat your carrots, though, um, <laughs> because eat more plants. That's yes. the word of the, that's, that's my theme that I'm telling all my patients this year. Eat more plants. That's a lifestyle medicine mantra. Here we go. Uh, Dr. Rafferty, Dr. crack it up. Uh, let's do this. Here we go. Is it true that there is nothing you can do about preventing sight loss? Uh, definitely that's false. Uh, your best way to prevent sight loss is to get an annual comprehensive eye examination. Wonderful. You know, it's interesting. My wife and I were talking, and uh, there was some article, and she mentioned it to me, and uh, somebody had written about that, um, you know, there's like the, an eye exam is kind of like the great American hoax, that, uh, that, that really you don't need to get an eye exam. You can just go to, maybe, maybe in some countries, you can just walk into a shop, you know, um, pull something off the shelves and just say, hey, you know what, I'm good. And, uh, and it's interesting, when I kind of was preparing for the show, I was like, really, it's a hoax? You know, why would somebody say that? Uh, and some people might say, well, the critics might say, oh, we're trying to just get your money and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what's your take on that? I'll ask that to Dr. Rafferty. Actually, even in the U.S. until recently, and there's still some companies out doing it, some of the mail-order contact lens companies, they're running eye exams basically through your, your assignment eye exam. It's basically a refraction through your phone. So it doesn't pick up any obviously health issues with the eye. And there's another com company that the uh, FDA um, just basically pulled their products because they, they, they sell them as acuity tests, yet they're prescribing glasses from them. So it's more than just checking whether you can see the letters or not. And it, it's kind of leading a false sense of security to the, the public that they're getting an eye exam when in reality, all they're getting is the refraction component of it. They're not getting the part that is probably the most important where we're checking the actual health of the eye. And they, they get some physician or whatnot to sign off on the prescription. They email it to you and you're, you're done. But again, you're, you're not getting the comprehensive component of the eye exam. And a lot of eye diseases, as Dr. Grassi was saying, are totally silent until it's too late. You know, glaucoma, diabetes, and macular degeneration. Most people have no clue whether that they have those disease processes going on until all of a sudden, as you said, they break down the side of the road. And, and now we're trying to figure out how to fix it. Please, Dr. And, Dr. Grassi, respond. And, and that's the, the tragedy in this country, because we can treat all of these conditions, is for reasons of, of uh, lack of, of information or, worse, lack of access, that patients with these conditions don't come in until the end stage or have ability to come in until the end stage when so much of that injury, so much of that vision loss could have been prevented. And, and it has to be, and I, I'm sure I speak for, for Dr. Rafferty as well, the worst thing that we see in our practice when we see we could have helped you had you come in earlier. Tell us about, again, I always, I always tell this, you know, get your health information from 
your trusted resources. And I think that's why one of the things that my wife and I, when we started, when we created the show, is I wanted to have a forum for people to get the right information. Don't get your health information from Dr. Google. We want you to utilize the experts that are trained properly in diagnosing and treating disease. And those are your trained uh, um, uh, practitioners, licensed practitioners uh, in your area. So certainly keep that in mind. You always have to keep that. Don't don't jeopardize your health. You know, that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? You can't have any ego. You, you can't jeopardize your health. You've got to basically, I say, see your doctor, you know, uh, you know, know your goals. And, and I just want people to create, you know, there's so much opportunity out there that I feel like sometimes we might be missing if we just kind of got out of our own way. And I understand there's not, you know, I'm trying to, I'm kind of painting in my kind of a utopia uh, situation, but but really there's so much, so many resources out there for people to do well that, and really in my practice, I don't want anybody to fail. I want them to have the, the access, the equity to do well with everything. Let's do a couple more of these, uh, if it's true, frequently asked questions. Here we go. Um, I like this one. Dr. Grassi, is it true that there is no evidence to suggest that watching TV for too long or sitting too close can damage your eyes? So that is true, and all of the, the parents out there with uh, teenagers are, are hoping that it's not, but um, it, the fact of the matter is you can, you can use your phone, iPad, watch TV to, to your heart's content. It's not going to, to damage your, your vision. The, the thing that's out there in the press which is true, which you'll come across, is the blue light. Uh, in terms of its impact on the circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm is your sleep-wake cycle, and so using your phone, iPad, in bed right before you, you go to, to sleep may keep you awake longer, may cause you to sleep later in, in the morning, but it will not harm your eyes. You know, we did a show on Two with Dr. G a few months ago. We talked about circadian rhythms and sleep health, uh, and the sleep medicine physician that I had on had talked about the importance of leaving your phone in another room you know, your bed should be just asleep. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm trying to try to embrace that now and not look at the phone, but it takes time, but, but, but it's true. It can disrupt your rhythms without a doubt. Let's do one more of these. Uh, is it true? I'll have this one for you, Dr. Rafferty, then we'll get into some Actually, myths versus Please, go ahead. Dr. Grassi, a question. What, what's your thoughts on blue light um, and macular degeneration? Um. So uh, what, what Dr. Rafferty is uh, alluding to is the, the role that the impact of um, ultraviolet light in general in age-related macular degeneration. And so um, the, the observation, and, and there's biologic basis to this, is that um, ultraviolet light can be harmful to, to the eyes. Now, in terms of blue light in particular, Mark, and the, the blue light that's generated from computer screens, iPhones, and things, no association, no causal basis whatsoever from, from that standpoint. Um, now I'm going to pivot a little bit to speaking to ultraviolet light in, in general. There, there is an association with increased ultraviolet light exposure and age-related macular degeneration, in particular of individuals of sort of northern European, Caucasian descent, and the thinking is they have less melanin in, in their, gotcha. their eyes, in, in their retina. Melanin is what gives our skin pigment and protects you from the sunlight in your skin. Likewise, it protects your retina. It has antioxidant properties, and so the limited extent of that in the retina, to some extent, predisposes to uh, potentially developing age-related macular degeneration. And so to speak to a, a lifestyle issue, Wearing sunglasses, um, if you're going to be out at the beach or on a sunny day that 
block UV light I think is a very reasonable precaution. But uh, again, in terms of things that have an impact, this is less of an impact than not smoking. If you smoke, don't smoke. You know, sunglasses isn't going to take away the, the <laughs> risk of smoking. And then diet. If you have a high cholesterol, high fat diet, you know, sunglasses is not going to take away that. So stopping smoking, watching what you eat more, plant-based diet. And then, yes, sunglasses are, are helpful. Wonderful. Thank you for breaking that down. That's Thanks. awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. Hey, we're going to get to some myths versus facts now, guys. One of the things that we do here on the show every week, we're really all about setting the record straight. We've actually been trying to set the record straight for the last uh, 10, 15 minutes or so. This, so that's why I love doing some frequently asked questions. But let's get into some something that we do each week on TRO with Dr. G, myths versus facts. So I'll say a statement, and then our panelists will say myth or fact, and we'll kind of keep it going. Boom, 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 boom. We'll have, like, quick responses. Let's get through as many of these as we can. Again, we want you out there at home to get the right information to apply to your family and in your life. So here we go. Uh, Dr. Rafferty, here's a statement, myth or fact. And you have to say myth or fact. I had somebody one time say false, true or false. I'm like, no, myth or fact. Here we go. That's all right. Here we go, Dr. Dr. Rafferty. Myth or fact. Everyone should follow a proper eye health program that includes a regular eye exam, whether or not they're having any noticeable signs of problems. Fact. Please explain. Um, you should always, it's like going to your dentist twice a year. You should get your eyes checked once a year to make sure that if there's any disease processes going on, we can catch them early and get them taken care of. All right, here we go. Next question here for Dr. Grassi. Myth or fact? A cataract must be ripe before it is removed. Is that a myth or fact? So that's a worded interesting. I know. <laughs> I, 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 right. So um, I'm going to say myth so that I can make this, this point. Okay, a little asterisk next to it, I like so it. So again, going back to the, the analogy of the eye being like a camera, uh, cataract develops in the lens of the camera. Uh, the lens over the years grows like a tree. It gets thicker and thicker, it blocks out more and more light. When it's starting to interfere with vision, we arbitrarily call the lens at that point a cataract. It is not harmful or dangerous to your eye we only operate on a cataract when it's beginning to impact your overall quality of life. And so a cataract, again to use your terminology, is right when you, as the patient, say that it's impacting your quality of life and we can't make your vision better with glasses. Wonderful, thank you. Here we go, Dr. Rafferty, myth or fact? 90% of blindness caused by diabetes is preventable. What's your take? Uh, fact, um, again, routine eye care, we can pick up most of the uh, early changes with diabetes, and then we can send you to Dr. Grassi to have him do injections if needed or other treatments. All right, here we go, Dr. Grassi, here we go. Safety, we didn't talk about this, but here we go, myth or fact. Safety experts and eye doctors believe the right eye protection can lessen the severity or even prevent 90% of eye injury cases. What's your take on that? Fact, fact, fact. So this can't be emphasized enough, and we should have my kids on the, the program to talk about stomp rockets, you know, or when they wanted to go play um, paintball. You, you, I've just seen, and I'm sure Dr. Rafferty has uh, golf balls, so many devastating injuries where in, in which the eye has been lost um, that was preventable with adequate eye protection. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Here we go. Definitely. Dr. Rafferty, here we go. Uh, here's a statement. In the case of chemical eye injury, the eye should be treated with at least 30 minutes of eye ir uh, that should be irrigation while awaiting ophthalmologic evaluation. Um, 
sort of true. Typically, it's uh, about 20 minutes right now of straight irrigation before you go see your eye doctor. Wonderful. Thank you. Here we go, Dr. Dr. Grassi. Here we go. Vision loss does not cause a substantial social and economic toll for millions of people, including significant suffering, disability, loss of productivity, and diminished quality of life. I said vision loss does not cause that. Myth. Please explain. And just to, to amplify that, so when, when they've went and asked people who have lost their vision how much of their remaining life they'd be willing to give up to restore their vision, they, people are willing in general to give up about half of their remaining life, 50%, to have their vision back. Wow, thank you for giving me that awesome stat. You know, the reality is the economic impact of eye disorders is certainly huge. Uh, even one estimate by the CDC has estimated that the economic impact is $145 billion annually. Here we go, we'll do a couple more of these myths versus facts. Here we go, uh, Dr. Rafferty, I'll skip around, here we go. My child has a lazy eye and nothing can be done about it. Absolutely false myth. Please explain. Um, early, early treatment with uh, glasses can generally recover most of that vision. That's why I said earlier we recommend kids get their eyes in at about six months to one year of age because if they do have a lazy eye, we can get glasses on them really early, and, it, it, and then you can also do patching of the eye, which will force the um, – you patch the good eye, and it forces the uh, bad eye to uh, – start to see and you can generally improve it a lot if you get get a hold of those kids early by about age 12 or so much after that you can't gain much vision but when you can catch them at one or two you can usually get them almost back down to perfect normal vision and the lazy eye wonderful thank you uh, and we'll do one more for dr grassi here we go nothing can be done to slow the progression of age-related macular degeneration myth or fact myth Please explain. Uh, although this is a, a nuanced uh, question and, and explanation. So we, we talked about age-related macular degeneration being like the cracks in, in the driveway and the vision loss being like the, the weeds that uh, grow in between those cracks. So we have an extremely, in fact, arguably one of the most effective medicines of any medicine that's presently available to, to treat this condition in terms of these new blood vessels that, that grow in. And so that's very effective at slowing the progression and avoiding vision loss. What we haven't figured out yet is if there's vision loss just from progression of the cracks and progression of the degeneration, again, because this is neural tissue, no different than your brain or spinal cord, okay. how to fix, repair, or slow that down. Gotcha. Well, thank you. Well, there you guys go, myths versus facts. So we got about five minutes left, and this has just been an awesome discussion talking about eyes. And again, we're stretching, stressing the critical importance of getting an eye exam. So uh, let's wrap it on up. So I want to uh, ask Dr. Rafferty, you know, people have been listening, listening to us now talking about the eyes, talking about making sure they get engaged and see their eye doctors. Give us a couple take-home points, kind of like maybe a couple, two, three take-home points the, to really try to stir some action from what we're talking about today for people out there. I, I think the key take-home point from this whole show is that, you know, ounce of prevention is a pound of cure type of thing. So it's always better to go in and get an annual eye exam as it is to get your annual physical, go to your dentist or whatnot. Just Going in and having a professional look at your eyes is really, really beneficial in preventing or catching things very early. Um, I think the other thing that, that's been kind of nailed down, too, is, you know, 
eating healthy and living a good lifestyle, exercise, that all comes into play even though you don't think your eyes are necessarily going to be affected that much by it. it. It really does. You know, a healthy diet really is beneficial for for not only your whole body, but your, your vision and your eyesight on the whole. And, um, you know, take, take good care of yourself. You know, go in annually, wear the right glasses, wear sunglasses outside, wear a wide-brim hat. You know, the, the, the area around the eyes is very prone to um, skin cancers because it's a very thin tissue. And um, just wearing sunglasses will help a lot with that, too. And that's something we really didn't touch on is, you know, the eyes aren't just the eyes, but the lid structure around it are part of the eyes, too. And when you have, like, basal cell skin cancer around the eye, um, it will be very disruptive to the tear film and the wettability of the eyes because the blink mechanism is not complete anymore. And so it, it all comes into play. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Rafferty. It's been a pleasure having you on my show. Hold the line for a second. Dr. Grassi, give us a few take-home points for people to be successful and hopefully creating some engagement and action with today's theme. Vision loss is preventable. And so my thinking is if you bring in your car to the shop for routine maintenance, 30,000, 60,000 mile checkup, you, you have to bring your eyes in because almost these days, all of the, the problems that we discussed that are the, the number one causes of vision loss in this country are treatable and preventable with routine maintenance. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Dr. Grassi. Here's my kind of final thoughts. Yeah. Action is so much more important than inaction, without a doubt. We want you at home and those of you that are listening to us to really think about what you're trying to do, but think about your why. Why are you doing the things that you're doing in your life? When it comes to your eye health, we want to talk about why is your vision so important? Uh, you know, why do you want to continue to value reading books, looking at your family, playing with, playing with your family, enjoying a movie, the things that we do, enjoying a meal, looking at things. These things are vital to the human experience. And the reality is that as we see that the number of cases of visual disorders are only going to double in the next 30 years, it is time to take action now. We don't want anybody to become a statistic out there when preventable options and lifestyle choices are there for us. So I, I implore you to see your eye doctor once a year. If you haven't been in a while, just make that visit. Talk to your medical doctor. Your medical doctor will know where to start. They can get you to an optometrist to start the process. And if we have to get you to somebody like Dr. Grassi who deals with retinal disease and other, other, other disorders, yes, we'll get you there. But again, invest in your health. Value the things that you're trying to do in your life Sight, again, vision, the reality is that visual disorders are amongst the top 10 causes of disability in this country. And the reality is that many of them are preventable. So please share this message and we we'll continue to go from there. So again, I want to thank Dr. Michael Grassi, board certified ophthalmologist and retinal medicine physician, uh, founder and owner of Grassi Retina. Check him out at www.grassiretina.com. I want to thank my good friend who's on the phone today, Dr. Mark C. Rafferty, optometrist at Eye Encounters. Check him out at https uh, i-encounters.com. Hey, you guys have been listening live and watching on Facebook and intellectualradio.com. This episode is written by Mark D. Gomez and Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Producer is Tiffany E.R. Gomez. Music is by the wonderful Mr. Havis. Copyright 2020 by MDG Wellness, LLC. All rights reserved. Hey, guys, stay tuned for my show next week. We're going to be breaking down diets, fad diets 101. Hey, if you like the show today, please share. Don't let inaction become permanent. 
action is always a solution. Take care, everybody. Check me out on my website, www.drmarkgomez.com, and peace 